0: I really love watching the Academy Awards. Every year, without fail, I tune in. I show up, clicker in hand. It's my favorite show. As a matter of fact, I change my calendar around every year so that I don't miss the Academy Awards. But because you all are so close to me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I know you love me. And I know you won't judge me. So, confession time. It really has nothing to do with the awards. My highlight is the red carpet (laughs) pre-show. That's right, the red carpet pre-show. That's the highlight. It's the glitz, it's the glamor, it's the style, it's the fashion. And of course, that all important question, who are you wearing? who are you wearing? For as long as I can remember, I've had this liking for fashion and style and design. I've just had this fascination for clothes. I really can't remember exactly when this started, but I do recall between the ages of 9 and 13, my parents would have these grand dress-up reunions. The family reunions would be all dress up and we would invite all the siblings back. There would be dozens and dozens of family friends and neighborhood friends coming by. It was really a big deal. Now, I did want to see my brothers and sisters, but the highlight, the excitement, the anticipation was to see who was wearing what. It was all about who was wearing what. My driveway literally transformed into a runway. (laughs) I recall my, my face up against the window pane as the cars drive up, waiting for the next person to get out, just to see what they were wearing. And I have to admit, even at nine years old, I had my own sense of what was really cool And what wasn't so cool, (laughs) well, my driveway runway was the coolest. I think we all are concerned with clothes. I believe clothes say a lot about a person. We're all familiar with the phrase, dress for success. Most of us, if not all of us, give a measure of attention to what we wear. To some degree, we pay attention to how we look, to what we represent when we get dressed, what we matter, what we wear matters. We're in the third week of our four part series on, grat- on the gratitude change. The first week, Nathan spoke on gratitude and worship. And then he spoke on gratitude and generosity. Today, I'll be speaking on gratitude and love. Gratitude and love. In our text today, Paul is writing to the believers in Colossae about how to dress. The church is a new church. They're learning this new way of life. They're experiencing some conflict among themselves. So Paul writes a letter to encourage them. And he gives them a dress code, a spiritual dress code, a way to dress for life. But more importantly, how to dress for eternal life. Paul lays out a collection of qualities and virtues and characteristics that become our spiritual dress code. Our way of life that makes us Jesus followers and it enables us to live holy lives. You see, holy living is our grateful response to God's love for us. Holy living is our grateful response to God for loving us. There is a dress code to do this. Let's take a look at the scripture. We will start at verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved. I just want to stop there for a moment. Before anything, Paul reminds the believers who they are and whose they are. He reminds them that they are God's chosen, holy and beloved. They are chosen of God. Saints, that's our story as well. We are chosen of God. from the beginning of time, we've had the privilege of being chosen by God. It speaks to the decision in the heart and mind of God to save us, to even save us before the creation of time. It also speaks to the free grace that he gave to a helpless people. A helpless people, that's us, saints. We're the helpless people. We're the people who earned God's wrath, but instead, he gave his mercy. You have to think about that for a moment. We earned his wrath, but he gave us his mercy. How should we respond to such an extraordinary gift? How should we respond? Gratefully. As chosen ones, our response is gratefulness. God chose us, and we respond with gratitude. This reminds me of a personal experience. Some time ago when I was still a student in Pivot, I learned about this amazing choir. It was the Teen Challenge Choir. I got the opportunity to hear them, and they were absolutely magnificent. They sang three- and four-part harmony. It was perfect pitch every time, just simply extraordinary. But even beyond their, their ability to sing, there was something just mysterious about them. They all walked with in great character. They all had posture. They all had walked in humility. They had the spirit of excellence, yet there was a servant attitude. Even their uniforms had a sense of reverence. I can still see the burgundy and gold-style polo shirts. I wanted so badly to join this choir. (laughs) But the word was, it wasn't easy to get in. I still remember my audition. It was pretty intense. And after I did everything the conductor asked of me, from singing the scales to singing Amazing Grace, at the end of the audition, he turns to me and says, thank you very much, we'll see you in three days. I'm like, three days? This was the longest three days of my life. All I could do was imagine myself wearing that burgundy and gold (laughs) shirt. Three days came and went. I got a call to come to the practice room. When I got to the practice room, he gave me a white envelope. I opened it, and it read, Congratulations, you have been chosen to join the Teen Challenge Choir. And then a few days later, I received my burgundy and gold (laughs) polo shirt. (laughs) My heart was so full of gratitude, I was so Thankful, at that moment, I just paused and promised to live up to what that choir represented. I promised to live and represent what that choir stood for. Now, by no means does being chosen to sing on the Teen Chinese choir compare to being chosen by God. Being chosen by God is way better. It makes us beloved. It makes us holy. And our response, our response is gratefulness. We respond in a grateful manner. And Paul tells us the dress code that we have to put on to do so. Let's look at verses 12 again. Verses 12 through 14. Paul writes, put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, Humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Paul describes our new wardrobe. He says, put on then compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. In other translations, this reads, put on therefore. He says, put on therefore. The word therefore is one of those unique words in scripture. It reminds us to remember what came before that verse. So if you still have your Bibles open, let's look together what Paul writes earlier. In verses 5 and 8, Paul lists 10 ways of life that we are to put to death. That we are to put off since we have died in Christ and we've been raised in Christ. Verse 5 reads, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Passion. Evil desire. And covetousness. And in verse 8, he writes, you must put them all away. Anger. Wrath. Malice. Malice slander and obscene talk from your mouth. So here, Paul has listed the things that we are to put off. So in our text, he tells us now the things we should therefore put on. Therefore, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Saints, we've put off the old self having died in Christ and now we put on the new self having been raised in Christ. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. It's taking off the past life and putting on the new life. Baptism is symbolic of this very declaration, taking off the old and putting on the new. I read that in the early church, baptism candidates would tear off their old clothes before they went into the water, and then they were dressed in new white robes when they came out of the water. This was to signify an entirely new way of living. My baptism at Pivot was somewhat similar. I didn't take off the old clothes before going in the water, but I did publicly renounce my old way of life, naming those things I was putting to death. Unforgiveness, hatred, bitterness, pride, greed, addiction, a life of drugs. And then declaring that the old man would die beneath the water and the new man would rise up out of the water, putting on the new. It's putting on the new, taking off the old and putting on the new. I really like the way Eugene Peterson puts it. He writes So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. He says, Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. You're dressed in a new wardrobe, saints. Every item in your new way of life is custom made by the creator. It has his label on it. It's designed by God. It's custom made. A new wardrobe designed for our new way of life. God is the designer. I'm not sure if you're familiar with a runway fashion show or if you've ever been to one. But whenever a designer creates a new fashion line, he presents it by way of a fashion show. When he creates a collection, he always creates a finale piece. Each item in the collection has its own voice, but it's the finale piece, that last garment of the collection that ties everything together in perfect harmony. Saints, our spiritual wardrobe our spiritual collection also has a, fin- a finality piece. Let's look at verse 14. Above all, above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So above all, saints, above compassion, above kindness, above humility, above meekness, above patience, above all, Put on love. Love binds it all together in perfect harmony. Even as we grow in Christ, we're not perfect. We all make mistakes. I know I do. Sometimes we hurt one another. Sometimes we offend one another. Each of us have our own voice. But love. Like the finale piece of a collection, it brings us all together, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, not out of tolerance, but out of a heart concern for each other. From Paul's perspective, it's love that brings us together and makes our differences compatible. Put on love, saints. It binds everything in perfect harmony. So we've been raised in Christ. God has given us a spiritual wardrobe that displays our new life in him. But even so, there are daily challenges that continue to hit us head on. People aren't always fair to us. Life isn't always fair. The job is stressful. There's difficulty with the neighbors. The kids are misbehaving, we're not always liked. And then there's pain, and there's sickness, and there's even death. These are the life challenges that we have to wearing this new wardrobe. How in the world do we manage to keep on our new wardrobe? Paul makes it clear in verses 15 through 17. in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. This scripture was my aha moment. It made me realize that we, the body of Christ, can only keep together when peace and the word of God rule and dwell in our hearts. It's when the Prince of Peace himself is in his rightful place, ruling Ruling in our hearts and in our lives. Saints, that's Jesus. That's Jesus Christ himself, the Prince of Peace, the Word of God. Let it rule. Let it rule. Let it preside in your hearts. Let it just sit there and govern and dwell. All of your thoughts toward one another. It's only by Christ's peace and his word, that our hearts can even wear compassion or kindness or meekness or humility or even love. So who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? Are you still wearing clothes from your past? Or have you put on the old, or have you put off the old and put on the new. Maybe we find ourselves changing between wardrobes. When we're here, or we're in in any other Christ-like setting, it's really easy to wear the Christ collection. (laughs) But on the job, where there's an unfair boss, or there's a co-worker we can't get along with, Or that promotion you missed, or the bonus wasn't enough, becomes a little more difficult. So we hold on to a few of the garments from our previous wardrobe. Resentment, anger, unforgiveness, hatred. It's very tempting to hold on to these items from the old life, simply to deal with life itself. But Paul says, when we put on the new wardrobe that God has picked out for us, we have to do some spring cleaning. We have to get rid of the old. Even once a year, I go through my wardrobe at home. I get rid of the things I no longer desire to wear. And that's what Paul is telling us to do. In verse 8 of the chapter, he says, but now we must get rid of them all. And he's telling us to do some spiritual spring cleaning. Getting rid of the old life. Putting off the old. And putting on the wardrobe that God picked out for you. It's his original design. And it's custom made. And it has his label. It has his label, saints. His label. His label is the cross. The cross of Jesus. It's a a one-of-a-kind label. Christ died on the cross so that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And his label makes that possible. He too changed his clothes to make it so. He wore a brilliant robe of righteousness. And he changed it for a robe of sin and shame. Our sin and shame. Our sin and shame. Also, that we may have new life and that he may dwell in our hearts forever. Saints, remember his label. It's definitely a one of a kind. By the way, who are you wearing? Amen.